You're listening to Hump Day News and Rumors on Mousecapades Radio. Get ready for something majestic. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios... Here are your hosts. Happy Hump Day, Mouse Craze listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Kaylee. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 848, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. We just want to let you know that we are in Myrtle Beach on vacation right now, so Kaylee is going to be jumping in this week. It's been a while since she's been on the show. Welcome back, Kaylee. Thank you, Mom. And just a reminder that the Mousecapades and More podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, we would be happy to help. Just text Mom or Vicki, as you all know her. 636-373-4497 is where you can reach her, and she will be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so contact her or one of the other agents today. We're going to start off with a sad story from Disney World. Last Wednesday, a guest fell from the fifth floor balcony at the Bay Lake Tower at the Contemporary Resort. The fall caused a blunt trauma, and the man, Jeffrey Van Den Boom, 39 of Greendale, Wisconsin, was pronounced dead at the scene. Some witnesses said that he jumped, and some said that he accidentally fell. Uh, Jeffrey's wife went on social media to thank the nurse that was running by and gave her late husband CPR until the ambulance arrived. And she also wanted to thank a lady that actually hugged her while many people were going in and out of her room and no one had thought to do that and she said like two hours later and then this lady walked in and just gave her a big hug and she also wanted to thank the manager who went above and beyond for taking care of her in a really difficult situation we may not ever know what really happened but we do want to give our deepest sympathies to this family and we're asking you listeners to be praying for jeffrey's family and friends we truly are sorry for this loss because this is so sad to go to the happiest place on earth well, actually, that's the magical happy is in, you know what I mean, but it's usually a place where people are happy and this poor woman lost her husband. Yes. So out of respect for the family, I think lots of people online are speculating lots of things, but like you just said, we'll be sending prayers to the family and hoping that they can move on peacefully, even though this was obviously a very big story and broadcasted for a lot of people to hear and see about since it was in such a grand manner in a very populated and famous place. Now, moving on to kind of sad news, but on Disney's end, and this is more so could be the fault of Disney, their new version of Haunted Mansion came out this past Friday, and we have not seen it yet, but it did not do very well at the box office. This remake had a star-studded cast and it only grossed about $24.6 million in North America. And overseas, the movie only made about $9.1 million, which means worldwide, the total is $33.3 million, when the total budget of the film was $150 million, and that doesn't even include the tens of millions that Disney reported spending on marketing for the movie. So the Barbie movie beat this 
movie out on its second weekend in theaters. So I don't know what to make of that. Honestly, even from the marketing with the star-studded cast, I had doubts. Like I didn't want to be the Debbie Downer, but sometimes those movies, like from history's past, I feel like those star-studded films are usually like super big hits or they are complete flops. Well, I'm kind of hoping that this does what, um, what's the other movie that came out? Not Little Mermaid. It came out after Little Mermaid. Elemental. That's what it was. They said that it had a bad first weekend as well because it was Memorial Day weekend. And usually that's a big weekend for moviegoers, which I don't know how that true is because or how true that is, because usually people go to the pools. That's when the pools open Memorial Day weekend. But we found out five weeks later that even though that movie never went to the top, it did gross enough money and it stayed in the top five movies during that five weeks. So overall, that really wasn't a complete flop and they did make their money. So I'm hoping that they're going to make their money. Obviously, it wasn't the weekend that they wanted it to be. I don't know if, if people are now not going to Disney movies just because of all the political stuff that's going on. I really have no reasoning behind it. I'm hoping this movie was better than it was and other people were just doing things and didn't have time to go. It's one of those movies where I I want to see it, but it's I'm not like super excited for it. And we're a family that loves the Haunted Mansion. But even after seeing all the ads and all the people in it, like I love all the actors in it, but I'm just like, is it really going to be that good? Like, I don't know what it is. I think I just, I'm riding off of the coattails of Disney not being as innovative and they're in a slump. Like they're definitely, like the movies are not as creative. I feel like they're riding off of their old highs. Now, this is just my thought. If they wanted to make money, I feel like they need to spend the entire month of October and they're doing all these re-releases like right now in the summer, which you guys talked about on some earlier news this summer. I think if they released a different Halloween film, like old, and put it back in theaters, like during the month of October for Halloween, they could make some money like Hocus Pocus and then Hocus Pocus 2 or like do a double feature at the movie where you pay for it or put this back in theaters in October, like take it out. Don't put it on Disney plus yet. And then they put it in back in theaters at Halloween time. Like if they really want to draw people in from a money-making standpoint, that's what I would do. But I don't do that. I teach children. So what do I know? Well, I'm hoping because we all know that Matt loves Haunted Mansion as much as us, if not more. I'm hoping that he took his family to see it this past weekend and we can get his input here coming up. I don't know that for sure, but that's what I'm hoping is that maybe he can give input next week when him and dad are doing the news while I'm in California. So we'll have to wait and see. Well, I have Say It Ain't So. So we know that there are times that the rides malfunction. It happens. And sometimes guests have to be evacuated. They don't like to do that. But if it's for your safety or to make you not have to sit there for two hours, it only makes sense for them to evacuate. And usually they make up for it by giving you a pass to ride any ride in case that one can't get back up, which means if it gets back up, you can use it or you can ride a different ride. They try to take care of you. They're not trying to break the rides down. 
So this mom gets on, it's a small world ride. The title of the um, article made it seem like the mom made her children get on, but I never read that anywhere in the article. Nonetheless, they were on it. And I'm sure if they're like your brother, they don't love that ride as much as some people and they don't see the nostalgia in it or it was boring for them or whatever. Well, the ride stops. So the guests were, of course, asked to stay still and wait until they gave the signal that the boats were going to be moving. Well, the boats didn't get to moving. And at that point, they said it wasn't very long, like 15 or 20 minutes. That's not that long. We've had to stay longer in rides. I'm sure they were trying to work out all the kinks, whatever. The mom climbed out of the boat of It's a Small World and directed her children to follow her. So now you have these people Walking in the water, they don't know what's in the water. They don't know what they could run into. You know what I mean? Like they don't know all the things that are holding the boat on the tracks or where the tracks are, blah, blah, blah. You know, the whole drill. Guests said that they couldn't believe it. And they were frustrated because not only was there a delay caused by a technical error, which was out of everyone's control because technical errors can't always be in our control. But now you have this woman that's holding up the ride because they're having to wait till somebody comes and takes her and her kids out of the water safely or helps them get out because she was too impatient to sit there. I just, I don't know what is happening. I wanted to know how old she was. It said there was a video, but I could never get it to play. I'm just wondering how old this mom is like, no offense to the younger generation, you know that because you get mad when people say that, but is this somebody that had kids young? Because that's an entitlement right there. I feel like that's just stupidity, like flat out. I mean, what like what you said, we've seen these stories before and we've heard them. You guys have told them and we've shared them over and over with the listeners People who get off of rides, they try to like get out early or they're trying to like take the emergency exits when you're not supposed to. But this woman like blatantly just getting in the water, like I'm sitting here just, I cannot fathom any, any sort of scenario that would have caught like called for this. I don't know. I I, I mean, I'm at a loss. It's like when I think that I've seen something crazy, then somebody does something crazier. I would never get in that water. It's, it's, I know that they try to keep it clean, but let's face it, people throw things in that water, even though they're told not to. There'd have to be like a zombie apocalypse for me to get in that water. <laughs> and even still, like if the zombies couldn't reach me, I'd be like, I'm going to just stay here for, for a hot second. Like, it doesn't sound, I don't even know. We don't video our faces, listeners, but I'm just, I'm at a loss. Sometimes I think they would like to see our faces. If this person's in my generation, why don't we just add to the list of why I wish I was not labeled with them? The Tide Pod eating. <laughs> we'll go on to happier news. Well, maybe not. Well, for those of us that like Encanto, the movie that was released to Disney Plus, this has a huge following. And most of us know, based on its like relentless soundtrack, similar to the same way that Frozen's soundtrack stuck. It is the most popular Disney movie that was released in the past few years. And Disney is having to hold off on their future projects in the parks for Encanto. Due to the SAG writing strike, it looks like fans are going to have to wait for Encanto 2 to be made. 
Until the actors and writers can make an agreement, it doesn't seem like we are going to be watching anything new for a while from Disney or any other company. I was talking about this the other day, and I think I mentioned it to you guys and then possibly with somebody else. I feel like I've had this conversation twice with different people, but it's going to get to a certain point where all these new films that have been made over the last like year or year and a half, they're going to get released and then they're going to run out of content. Like we're going to be in, depending on how long this strike goes on for it, we're going to be in a dry stretch where there's not going to be new movies and new content. So companies are going to have to rely on marketing of their old stuff and re-releasing. And that almost makes me think, is Disney going to have to rely on the, the old ways of the releasing from the vault, like re-releasing things into theaters and making special events at theaters, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. But in that time, as someone who's noticing, and we just mentioned earlier in the episode, at least from my perspective, that Disney's like innovative side and their creativity is starting to lack, especially from like that golden era, the 90s, like even the early 2000s and 2010s, like with Up and everything, they need to get it together. Like they need to figure out what's going on because they're too obsessed with the money making. They're trying to be too future forward. And I feel like they're losing the essence of like the company. They're just trying to keep up with other companies, which I get it. You're a multi-million dollar, like you're one of the largest companies to ever exist. So you have to do that in business. But as a, what I would call myself an average, very average consumer who will never be in business whatsoever, you're going to lose all of your business to other people if you just keep trying to do what other people do and not do it as well. Like, why are they trying to just not do what they do? Well, it doesn't make any sense to me. It is definitely the question of the hour for sure. So now if Sarah and Matt are listening, they're going to just say, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. So we knew that a live action Snow White movie was around the corner or they're working on it. But it seems that Disney's taking a completely different approach of this movie. Now, I feel like, Kaylee, you'll be okay with this, but they're stepping away from the traditional fairy tale elements. Rachel Ziegler is the one that's going to play Snow White, and she was quoted as saying the following, It's no longer 1937. She's not going to be saved by the prince, and she's not going to be dreaming about a true love. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be which means they're not going to have dwarves, a prince, or a spell broken by love's first kiss. Now, some Disney viewers that heard about this had this to say, while it's true we are no longer living in 1937, that does not mean there isn't still a desire or an audience for a traditional romanticized tale about princesses and magical creatures without some sort of shoehorned message behind it. They also said Disney should make a fantasy-themed female empowerment film. They do agree with that, but not at the expense of an established work. They want new ideas. I mean, this is coming from me saying this. If you're going to change this many things about a movie, it's you cannot call it Snow White. Like, that's my take. Like, the, the title cannot simply be Snow White. Like, you would need to say Snow White 21st century on it. Because I feel like this goes hand in hand with the issues that there is a line when it comes to teaching history, but it's like crossing that line in the wrong way where they're just trying to erase it. And I'm like, 
why are we not just putting at the beginning of the film the time and place that it was set? And then when the kids ask questions, why is she waiting for this? Why are they mean to those people? Why are they calling them names? That is the teachable moment. That's when you teach. We don't do that anymore. Like this was almost a hundred years ago when people did that and no, it was not okay. And we know that now, but this is how stories were told. But they, I feel like everybody thinks because we're continuing to make content about it, we're supporting it. And I'm like, no, that's how you prevent it from happening. That's where the teaching comes from. So yes, I agree with the second half of it. Like try to outdo the Barbie movie, Disney. I really don't think you can. I saw it. I don't think you can do it, but use new ideas. Like I'm sick of this. You're getting, you're reusing your old stuff because you're out of new ideas. So you're just like, well, we'll just make everything 21st century. So it's not taboo. And I'm like, I'm getting sick of this. And I'm a young person. And you, you made a good point a minute ago about talking about the SAG strike. Um, they could totally re-release so this is a good example. One of the things that we did last year when we were doing our Fairmont finale Disney concert was our kids did uh, the song from Baymax. You're going to have to help me. Big Hero 6. Immortals. Immortals. Yeah. And the kids in elementary right now don't know that movie. It's an amazing movie. Put it back in the theaters and get a whole new generation of people. If you're going to need to fill that time anyway, you're probably going to get people to go out and see it. Yes, it's still on Disney Plus, but still not everybody has Disney Plus. And some people have stopped doing Disney Plus because they started raising their rates. They promoted it as this economical way to watch many, many movies, but then they're taking some of the movies off and just this, that, and the other. They're changing things and it's not what it was supposed to be originally. Now, we all knew that that probably would happen, but at the same time, some people are not happy with that. So it's their money and they can do what they want. So they stop their subscriptions. So they need to pull them some things from the vault. Why not pull some of those movies that you guys think need to be recognized? Like what are you and Joey wanting to be for Halloween? I lost it again. Emperor's new groove totally could be brought back. That's a good movie. Hercules. I don't think got it's, you know, day in the sun. Um, there's lots of them. I can't even think of all of them. Like, I feel like all the underdog Disney movies they could bring out. Because they have awesome orchestration and so many things that these kids could get on board with. And they have good stories behind them, too. So, I don't know. We could beat a dead horse with this, I'm sure. We talk about it a lot, so. Well, speaking of more movies, a trailer is blowing up on the internet right now for the upcoming live-action movie Moana. In April, Bob Iger told us that Moana would become a live-action movie, and we knew that Moana, Maui, Pua, Hey Hey, Grandma Tala, and Tafiti would be returning. And we now know that not only is Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who will be playing the role of Maui, be returning, but Zendaya of Disney Channel fame and Euphoria fame, and many more, will be playing Moana. Some are excited for this remake to come to the theaters, while others are very angry and they don't think it has been long enough after the original movie. Now, what do you think about it? I have thoughts, but... I do see what they're saying because they feel like there's other movies that could be made into live action that are older than this movie, but they're seeing this as a cash cow 
in their opinion that like what you said earlier, Disney's just trying to get as much money as they can out of something. Well, this is a, this was a new and a creative idea and they're building that Moana portion of Epcot. And so maybe that's why they decided to do that. They didn't give any background on why they thought this was a good idea unless it's such a new movie that they thought maybe more people would want to go see it. I think it's turning people against it because again, it's not new and creative. We've lost our imagineering of the Mary Poppins days where we're trying to do something that no one else has ever done. I don't know what it is about this film specifically, but the only, I guess, let me state my thought and then put the only reasoning behind it that I can think of. I'm not that upset about this live action movie being remade, especially this early. And the only reason I can think is because it's early. Like, there's not this huge hundred year like gap between them. There's not all of these cultural fixes they're trying to make. Like this should be pretty similar to the one they just made because it will be within a decade or so of the previous film. Now they may decide to add some things to remove other things if they've learned, but I think it will be nicer Because maybe for families that don't prefer cartoons, like if you have family members that don't prefer the cartoons, maybe they'd prefer the live action. And then you've got the family members that prefer cartoons. Obviously, Disney's goal is to provide a movie that everybody will enjoy together. But sometimes you can't do that. Can't please everybody. So maybe this would provide a way for a family to like the same movie in a different way. But still agreeing somewhat with what you're saying it's just another live action like where is all the new and creative stuff because to me I was thinking when you were talking about Big Hero 6 that film was not as successful because it came out the same year as Frozen like I really think they should re-release it because the hype of Frozen just completely overshadowed it And I think back to movies like The Good Dinosaur, which when you compare it to all the other Pixar films, is not that up. It's not up there. But the creativity is so unique. Like when you watch it, it's so unique. Right. When you compare it to what they're producing now, I'm like, I much prefer The Good Dinosaur because like the storytelling's there. It's unique and it's there, even though it's not Toy Story. Right. To most people but it's almost unheard of. Like most students don't even know what that movie is. If you talk about it, because it's just, they didn't even know it existed. Well, and that's why I liked that by us doing songs that weren't just from the kids time at the, at the moment that we were doing the concert, it allowed us to branch them out to watch other things. And, you know, kids didn't even, some of them know the Winnie the Pooh song. And you, you brought that into their life because you let them know this was one of my favorite songs. And, And I like that you're stretching that in kids, but I mean, I know that not all music teachers do that either, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I'm sorry to the listeners. We're really getting on that this week about like Disney not being original and I'm not trying to be like negative about it. It's we're passionate about it. Like I want it to be, I don't want Disney to just go under because they've lacked creativity and passion for what they're doing. And they've just become like a corporation. Yeah. I just, I feel bad for that because Walt was so not about that. He, he loved the creative parts and trying to put them all together. And even though he knew that writing music and lyrics was not his thing, so that's why he brought in the 
um, I lost their names, <laughs> the brothers. The Sherman brothers. The Sherman brothers. Yeah. Oh, I lost them. I don't know. But he brought them in because he knew they knew what they were doing, but he still worked with them and met with them. It's it's just, I don't know. He was hands-on. Yeah. Wanted to be in it, but. That's why I like Jennifer Lee that did uh, Frozen 1 and 2 because they did that making of it and she was involved all the way. Like you felt like she was always there. She knew exactly what was going on. So I don't know. I'm going to move on to some good news. We can move on to the parks now. So Disney indeed confirmed this week that the Hatbox Ghost is going to be coming to the Magic Kingdom. They told us that at D23, but we weren't sure how much of that stuff was going to come to fruition. So we told you this last week and we hoped that it would happen. They're going to have that August 7th to 9th closure. And unfortunately, that is reportedly a routine refurbishment because the attraction's um, being updated in anticipation of the Halloween season and how fast it's approaching. Because in Disney time, Halloween starts in August, in case you didn't already know that. So guests expect the beloved and iconic Catbox ghost to appear to guests as they pass the endless hallway, welcoming himself inside from the swinging wake in the cemetery and grinning at the doom buggies as they set off deeper into the Haunted Mansion attraction. Uh, no other official word was given to us at this time, not exact date, or time, but we are excited to know that our ghoulish friend is going to be joining the Haunted Mansion soon. We will let you know if we find out more details, because as you know, the Haunted Mansion was the Mousecapade ride of the year on our bracket. Well, I'm glad that we're finally getting one. I just feel like, I don't know, I love our Haunted Mansion, I've and I've never personally been to Disneyland to ride that one. But I feel like because they get the overlay for Halloween and Christmas and they had the hat box ghost, I'm like, where's where's ours? Like, where's our special thing? I just felt like they kept neglecting it for a long time. I don't know. But now we have a spoiler. So just in case. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. But mom already kind of said it. The fall decor has started arriving in the Magic Kingdom. She kind of already said it because, I mean, it's August. So you had to know. Disney has announced that all the fall decorations will be up and in place by August 10th, and they will be up through November 1st. That's the spoiler part. But Disney used to turn the parks from fall to Christmas overnight, and November 1st, the park was magically decorated for Christmas when you woke up and went. Now, since we know that the last Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween isn't until November 1st, we know that the Christmas decorations won't be showing up until after that night. There's no set date when the Christmas decor will be up, or at least Disney hasn't released a date yet, but I don't know how long you think it's going to take them. I'm not sure, but I'm a little sad because even though we never got to see, we've had several friends that went and they were there on the 31st and then they were there on the 1st when it was almost like Santa's elves came in and decorated the park overnight. And we realized and for a while, they even did the resorts. And we realized that that was a huge accomplishment. But since the pandemic, they just don't have the employees to be able to pull something like that off. But if you scheduled your trip on November the 1st, or you scheduled it so you would be there for both of them, that would be a little disappointing because that's how it's typically been done. Now, I'm hoping that they at least put the tree up between November 1st and November 2nd 
but we don't know. I do know last year, Magic Kingdom, it took over a week to get their decorations up for something that they used to do overnight. Yeah, I just think, like you said, as soon as I read this, I was like, they just don't have the manpower anymore. Right. And like, it's possible that they had to cut so many of those people if the listeners have watched those specials that Disney released on the switching of the parks overnight, like they show you and all of the technicalities that go into it, like the machinery that they use, all of the like teams that they have coordinating in different parks to get that setup done overnight. Like I bet they had to let so many of those head management positions go. So, I mean, that possibly is it just for the safety of everybody. They probably can't do it. And so it is disappointing to us thinking like that possibly may never happen again, just because like one, they may not be able to employ that many people anymore or worse, they just can't get people who want to do it, which is not surprising. So that might also be why the decorations were still up. All of them were still up for the marathon weekend last year. And I know that the people that ran the marathon were pretty excited that they got to see all the decorations because they usually don't. They usually see some, but not all. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to make some people really happy and then it's going to be, you know, you can't make everybody happy. I get that part. But um, are we, here's another thing for me though. Are we now thinking that Halloween is more important than Christmas? That we're starting in August and running for two entire months and then Christmas is just like an afterthought? I guess it's just like the amount of time that they have, which I mean, You just mentioned like the holiday decorations staying up through the marathons. Right. I think Disney will probably try to market holiday stuff as much as they can, probably through January. Because I mean, if you think about it, January comes around and we're all sluggish. Like the new year happens, but then we're all like, it takes us like two to three weeks to like ramp up. I feel bad for the people with, I'm sorry, listeners, if you have a January birthday, because nobody in our, like our immediate family has one, because I feel like that month just doesn't exist. Like I don't become productive till February. At least that's how I feel. Like it doesn't, the year does not start. I don't feel settled until February happens. And I feel like they market that because there are people who still travel in January. So they're going to probably, like you said, start stretching it. I don't know. We shall see what their mindset is, or we maybe eventually will figure it out. Well, I want to thank our good friend, Lee Suggs in California, who we are going to get to meet in person a little less than a week from now. When this comes out on Wednesday, we're going to meet him next Sunday. So we're super excited about that. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Jeff Wickland, who reached out to us on our Facebook page. And I want to thank my daughter, Kaylee, for helping me host the rumors and news while we're on vacation. (laughs) We appreciate all of our listeners. We love, love, love being able to celebrate the magic with you each week. If you know me at all, you know I'm not lying about that, that Kaylee can attest to that. She's not on here very much, but she knows how much my listeners mean to me and also how much my clients mean to me about making everything as special as we can for you and helping people that want to go to Disney have the best experience they can. Thanks so much for joining us each week. Please go to Apple or Podbean and give us a rating or a comment. It does mean a lot. We love to read that stuff. We love hearing from you. Be sure, be sure, be sure to let us know if you want to hear something specific. Um, You guys have been really great about doing that lately and we've been able to 
adapt our Friday shows to meet the needs of people's future trips. So we'd love to do that more than just one or two times. That would be great. And if you are interested in being a guest on the show, actually hopping on, talking with us and sharing what you know, sharing a trip report, anything like that, or if you have a question or a comment, just text us at 636-373-4497. You can check us out on our social media account, The Mousecapades Podcast on Facebook. If you would like a free quote, contact mom at 636-373-4497. And be sure to listen to this Friday show. Mom is going to be talking with Karen and Kate about their recent trip to Hawaii, where they got to stay at Olani, which is always a dream stay and will be super exciting to hear about. And as always, thank you for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mouse Capades and more podcast. Next week, the Your Story Travel Company will be on our way back from Disneyland when we normally record. So Brad and Matt will be giving you the rumors and news. Be sure to tune in because if you've ever listened to those two together, they're hilarious. And I'm sure they'll make the rumors and news more fun than maybe we do. Well, Kaylee, it's about that time. Disney love. And pixie dust. Have a magical day, my friends.